And now for our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Botching It Up podcast. Every bruise, bump, and botch. Wrestling, you've been put on notice. Oh, let's get ready to ramble! What's up? This is the Botching It Up podcast, and this week we're doing the best and worst of 2020, the Bocce Awards. As always, you're with me, Benito, and my good friend, Basil. In the words of Jim Cornette at the 1996 Slammies, thank you very little, you're welcome even less. Brilliant, brilliant. That one deserves a clap. (laughs) Thank you very much. And this is a festive season, Ben. This is the most important Boshing Up Wrestling podcast of the year because we are talking about the worst and probably maybe in another podcast, which is going to be crudely edited away from this one, the best (laughs) of the year. Uh, And what a year it's been. I mean, I I think everybody says that every year with a wrestling podcast show. What a year it's been. But we actually have been watching wrestling during the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, dude, what a year it's been. Come on. I I mean, you you have had a a series of uprisals and downfalls this year, and I credit for you to just keep carrying on. Every time you've got a plan, it goes to fail, and then you spring up another plan, and then the pandemic shoots you down, says, son, you're you're getting job tonight. But you just keep going. Thanks for Um, that. Thanks for reminding how bad my life is. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're talking about the worst of the year tonight, and it does kind of feel bad right it kind of feels like you're being a little bit of a dick considering everything that's going on around you when it came to worst male worst female i felt so bad trying to pick someone that's like the worst of everybody sure but the thing is there's still a lot of bad wrestling out there and we're there to talk about it (laughs) regardless of whether they're following covid safety messages they can be doing everything in the world to provide us with entertainment during the middle of a pandemic but they could still be shit yep Yep. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to start the with smaller things. We'll start with smaller things. We'll start with the easiest thing that I had to decide. I didn't even think okay. about it. It was within a right. second. Worst announcer of the year. Ben. Ooh, this one's so easy for me. And it's not going to be <laughs> mine either. <laughs> is it not? I, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, no, it's not. I know who yours is. So mine's Josh Matthews. And I'll give you my reasoning. I completely can't watch Impact because of him. I mean, it's a very valid choice. He is my least favourite part of Impact Wrestling. And I, you're not even the first person that said they can't watch Impact because of Josh Matthews' voice. So uh, with that, I thought you were going to go with something lame like Michael Cole, but I completely give you Josh Matthews. If they if they replaced him, I actually think I could watch Impact on the weekly. Yeah. I generally, th- I generally think so. Yeah, I think that is a massive issue for so many people. And... Um, Recently, they've taken away Madison Rain, who was doing commentary with Josh Matthews, which is just, I mean, I'm sure they're nice as people, but it's just an awful commentary team. And they replaced mm. Madison Rain with Matt Stryker. So, okay, that's a step yeah. up. <laughs> but not that much of a step up, is it? It's, really? it's better. It's better. I don't think Impact has any idea what to do with their commentary, or they just Actually, really like obnoxious people. You say that, but I quite liked a stri- uh, Stryker at Lucha Underground. Maybe he's gotten better in the last couple of years, but I found him insufferable during the WWE days. Oh, yeah. Back then, he was hard. 
Um, What's your what you got? So just to clarify, first of all, I should have probably put this in the intro. We haven't actually talked to each other about our picks. So this is probably no. a lot more interesting to us than it is to anybody listening. To <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, my worst announcer is Excalibur. Um, oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> just he, he is the living embodiment to me of the fan base that AEW try to attract, which is the Mountain Dew drinking, basement dwelling, <laughs> living in their mother's basement, uh, spots all over their face, um, handicapped wrist because they've wanked too much, wanker wrestling fan. And that's what Exc- Excalibur shouts like he has just finished playing Mortal Kombat and eaten three pizzas, and he knows all of the special moves on Mortal Kombat. That's how he approaches wrestling. Moves. You've never had a business studies class in your life, have you? Because almost every podcast, you offend our core demographic. <laughs> the people that are probably <laughs> going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> 100%, but it's wrestling. You've got to have a heel. Anyway, I, I I don't hate him, but I completely understand where you're coming from. For a national program, he probably doesn't fit. But at the same time, he's so like deep in this kind of wrestling style that AEW are doing that he kind of fits. I understand that he fits within the demographic that they're chasing. But I think AEW need to understand that that demographic have, has a glass ceiling. And if mm-hmm. they're going to move on to a national product... Normal people will not want to listen to uh, Excalibur. They don't. They won't want to hear his commentary. Jim Ross says something like, "That's a power driver," and Excalibur would be like, "No, it's not. It's an indie taker." Right. Yeah. And like a family would just sit there and think, "Who is this geek?" You know. Mm-hmm. I, can I just say I want to defend Excalibur in the fact that I think that sometimes Jim Ross actually bullies him a little too much, and I don't enjoy that. I don't like seeing on-air bullying um, from Jim Ross. I I don't enjoy that at all. If he wants to become a mainstream commentator and AEW needs to move forward, either AEW lets Excalibur go or Excalibur goes and gets some actual non-independent industry experience and then comes back. But surely the more he's going to work with Shivani and JR, that's just going to happen. To be fair, even from... A year and a half ago, I think he's better than he was. I'm sure he's improved a little bit, but he he just he still needs to tone down these some of the rants that he goes on, where he talks about uh, he was talking about Hikaru Shida or I think it was Thunder Rosa having a championship that from a promotion that nobody had ever heard of, and I get it, bro. I'm I'm a nerd uh, fact checker as well. Like I know all these obscure things too. I wouldn't put them on a national program because nobody wants to know them you know mm-hmm. i think that's the main thing he has to learn but anyway Excal- it's got to Any- be excalibur it'll probably be excalibur next year but whatever man. <laughs> <laughs> what's next come on uh so okay let's go with west non-wrestling content what do you got i got every impact promo <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> You're not, you're not really down with the vibe where the, the little fat guy, Chris Moore, comes in and says, starts shouting at people and rolls oh, up his little script writing it's just, piece of paper. It's like, it's like their film crew doesn't even know what a light is. And, <laughs> and it, it, 
when you watch like some of their stuff, you realize why WWE are so keen on scripting everybody. You know, uh, some of the stuff they do is generally brilliant. And I'll be more specific. I'm not talking about like a lot of their in-ring stuff where someone grabs a mic. A lot of people that work sure. in Impact are generally brilliant. And some of them even backstage are doing some really good stuff. Even Rhino and Heath Slater, the stupid stuff they do, actually sometimes it, it's on point. But they do so much of this like, you know, like the videos you'd get in like a reality TV show or like a competition show like X Factor. where It's like, oh, we're introducing this person. This is their life. This is what yeah, they do yeah, for yeah. a living. This is their catchphrase. Impact do that a bit too much and it just gets so annoying. But it's not I have even, no interest in... It's not even... I think the, another point you're making is it's not even X, X Factor level. It's like one of these weird um, Sky Channel 472 where you've got a reality show on a, on a shoestring budget of about $1,000 and it's about some hillbillies in, in the backyards of Texas. Sure, that's, yeah. that's the sort of quality level that it's at. Sure. So um, that's you, what you I've sh- got. You're already shitting on Impact. <laughs> yeah, I, to be fair, that is it for Impact now. It's just you've hit the two Impact ones straight out of the gate. I, I think I've got an Impact coming. Anyway. I've got I've got a best four, a couple of best fours for Impact as well, though. So about six months ago, if you'd asked me this question, it would have immediately become being the elite BTE, the the YouTube uh, wrestling content that the Young Bucks produce just yeah. to laugh around with their mates. But yeah, I get that. I had to uh, write an article, and uh, one of the mandatory components of the article was mentioning how John Silver was underrated. Uh, so I had to do some research on him to write the article, and I watched a lot of these Being the Elite things. And as much as I hated to admit it, it d- they did crack me up quite a bit. So I can't go with Becoming the Elite, because um, there's a lot of funny moments on there, mostly caused by The Dark Order and Rest in Peace Brody Lee. They're the best parts of the show. I've actually, I've actually heard that from other people as well, that the guys from uh, The Dark Order are the, yeah, the star players on that. Yeah, they are at 100%, and I feel like this is where the goodwill for John Silver has actually come from. He's gotten himself over on becoming the elite just by being really fucking funny. Well, he's got himself over on TV as well. well it's no, all sure. his own doing. Sure, sure, but he's he's gotten goodwill from, from yeah. BTE. I want to give an honourable mention to Carney Land. Oh, I remember that. that. Yes, yeah. that was awful. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um, that I mean, that was. I don't. Oh, I can I change my pick? That for sure. That <laughs> you come Carnyland. Okay. Um, yeah, that was uh, amongst other things. Stu Grace and Wade Barrett talking as a a, a black spot. Yeah. An announcer, and they talked about how it was a giant town, and mm-hmm. they had uh, like they were, had nwa wrestlers going for mayor and stuff and it lasted like about three weeks and they started their own patreon so people were actually paying for this content to be a part of Carnival. yeah but was anyone paying for this probably at least two people bro maybe some real hardcores and they blame it on the fact that dave lagana got involved in a sex scandal um and billy corgan's mom what what did he <laughs> <laughs> that was bad timing <laughs> That was bad timing. I... <laughs> no, yeah, no. So Dave Lagana got involved in a sex scandal, and he stepped down from NWA immediately, which was just a, a bad thing on top of an already bad year for poor Billy. Um, yeah. So I, I, I can't really hate them too much because they tried their best, but what they gave 
in comparison to other companies that sat and thought about what they could provide was really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's coming from a guy that's respected Billy Corgan for like 10 plus years. But it was just. But again, terrible. that's too many on the creative side, too many cooks in the kitchen. Sure. Um, but my number one pick, I would be remiss if I if I didn't say that I absolutely detested the Chris Jericho MJF dance off singing oh, competition. Dude, that was good. It was everything that I it embodied everything that I hated about AEW and featured my one of my favorite performers in AEW doing silly family guy stuff uh, which I had no time for it had no meaning I know that those two were feuding and who was best who was worse but it went straight into how I met your mother sitcom territory which is always very very dangerous for a wrestling product and I just I really didn't like that can I really boil your blood go on really piss you off go on um there is a couple of reviews from um broadway magazines i can't remember what it was called that positively reviewed this um this skit but okay but it doesn't boil my blood because doesn't that prove my point the broadway magazines are saying this was fantastic this was proper broadway well wrestling's entertainment like i i i'm not i don't hate it as much as you did i i I actually quite enjoyed it. I think it's because more because I'm disappointed in the people involved, not so much Jericho, because I know he's at this point a, a fame whore. Like he'd do anything for um, a, a quick buzz or a Twitter trend. I get, and that. he just likes having a laugh, really. I suppose. And also, I understand that I I watched a little thing on MJF. I, I can't remember what it was, but basically, his grandfather loved musicals. And he uh, when he was a child, he went onto a talk show and did an opera singer thing. So I get that um, from this perspective, it was MJF doing something personal for his family and his own life. Uh, yeah. And I get that. I understand that. But it didn't really fit his character. It didn't fit his character whatsoever. And this is the guy that we're talking about that didn't even turn face when Brody Lee died and still worked it into his character. They they kind of made it work in that it was that he wanted to be better than Jericho and it was like who could sing and dance the best and it just it but rubbed, they, but they it rubbed would, me up the wrong way. But if you think about it too much they would have had to work together to like in rehearsals to get yeah. it right. Yeah. So yeah, I okay, I get it. I promise you that my lists aren't as um all elite bashing as they seem to be. Okay. Well, mine's impact bashing so far, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, worst B movie match. Wow, there's quite a lot to choose from in this category. Well, the, the thing is, I them. know that there were loads and loads of bad ones, but I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to go back and rewatch them. So <laughs> I just picked the few that I stick I think, out as being horrible. I think from them all, there's only two good ones, and the rest are all off. Anyway, I've got. Adam Cole versus uh, Velveteen Dream, the parking lot brawl from NXT. Can't even remember the show. Uh, in your house, I think. Was it the in your house? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's yeah that one. Horrible mention. Because that one just really annoyed me in the fact that they did nothing. They did nothing with cars other than a monster truck showed up. No one jumped off it or anything. They just did nothing. They just rolled around and punched each other. And then uh, Loomis came in and kidnapped someone. And oh, it annoyed me so much. They 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 rolled around and punched each other endlessly. That was another thing. It was about twenty minutes that they weren't doing anything. It was badly lit, and I think only a few people in the world will get this reference. 
but it was the exact same uh, setting, the exact same lighting, and the exact same location as uh, Wrong Turn Five, which is is not a compliment, <laughs> not not a compliment whatsoever. If anybody is actually in the world watched both Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream and Wrong Turn Five, they understand how mu- how insulting that is. <laughs> there must be only two or three people in the world that have watched both of those. <laughs> But yeah, no, I do agree with you 100%. That was really awful, even with the storyline, like Dexter Loomis uh, kidnapping one of them, I think. And Tyler Riley or, or Bobby Fit, one of them, I can't remember which. It was No, yeah. Roderick Strong, because it turned into a massive story of Roderick Strong being scared Roderick of Roderick Strong, Loom. that's the one. Yeah. Adam, Adam Cole, and it, I mean, regardless of the controversy surrounding Velveteen Dream right now, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream are creative minds and some of the best people in the business in terms of in-ring quality and Triple H is running that and really given the talent involved this should have been so much better yeah it was just a massive disappointment wasn't it yeah crazy my West B movie match I've got an honourable mention for the Adam Cole you just talked about yeah I've got an honourable mention for Britt Baker versus Big Swole at the Dentists yeah but it's Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders at Backlash 2020. Uh, which oh, is... And Tozawa turns into a ninja. Tozawa turns into a ninja with people on bikes. The Viking Raiders and the Street Profits play bowling. And the, one of the bowling balls goes into Ivar's genitals. Don't we... Actually, this may... Yeah, I think you're right. This is the worst one ever because... Don't we go into like daydreams in this one? Yeah, we go into daydreams with it and we end up with all four in a dumpster um, <laughs> on the back lot and crocodiles and alligators are in the dumpster with them and then they all scream yeah. and it fades to black. Just So basically they're having a match against each other and then Tozawa becomes like a common enemy that they fight and his ninjas and then the match just ends, no one even wins. Yeah, the only difference between this and wrestlers versus zombies was that <laughs> this match had better cinematography, but at the same time, wrestlers versus zombies had Kurt Angle and 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 um, Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper, and everybody else, and, and everyone wrestlers else, versus yeah. zombies was better. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something. That's saying a lot. It was awful, man. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really want to talk about that anymore. It, it was only came back into my head because we were doing a worst of. My brain actually blocked that out. And there's no yeah. way in hell I'm going back to check whether that's the worst one. I love. I love how much tonight we've been referencing our own botch Amania universe. We've come <laughs> back to Doink. We've come back to Wrestlers vs Zombies. Well, it's our personal best and worst. It's a of the celebration year as well, of the year, isn't it? I suppose because you know we've got to like we've got to really give it to the listeners. Uh, which can, is um, at this point me and you can, can we roll into next gimmick next West gimmick yeah sure yeah because that's almost perfect for me because I got Tazawa as a ninja good good pick good pick uh, uh, I've also got an honourable mention honestly just to trigger you King Corbin so, okay <laughs> okay do you so do you, I've got a lot of honourable mentions for West gimmick do you want me to go through them sure go on so I've got the 24-7 title, which heavily involved Tozawa. Yeah. I've got the Jungle Express, Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Um, I like I, them. Why? Why? No, no it's, okay, it's just listen, Marco listen, Stone. Listen, listen, listen. Get, 
ignoring Marco stunt, I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are ridiculously talented. Yeah. It I'm putting them in worst gimmick because I believe that they do they they deserve better. So you I, think they would be better away from each other? I think they would be better away from each other and Jim Ross is the only guy in the company that calls Jungle Boy Jungle Jack Perry, which to me is such a better name. And I think uh it's more. I put them in West Gimmick more because of Jungle Boy than anybody else because I think he's so talented. He needs to get away from the seven foot freak and the four foot freak who jump and flip a lot and become a be honed and have some ma- proper matches with Cody. Maybe get a new character because he. I think he can go to the top of the business and the Jurassic Express is just killing him. Really. Okay. What about this for a pitch? Jack Perry separates and becomes just like a solid upper mid-carder doing his own thing. But Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt stay as a tag team, but like somewhat a comedy act. That's fine. Yeah? I got, yeah, my main issue, my main issue is Jack Perry. Right, I'll tell Tony Khan, I'll tell Tony (laughs) Khan that I'll make you happy. (laughs) Okay. And that's, that's what we'll do going forward. You're you're talking about uh, triggering me with Baron Corbin, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. One of my honorable mentions is Baron Corbin. Oh, okay. See, I don't dislike Baron Corbin, and you've always known this, but I feel like everything they've ever done with him after NXT has just ruined any momentum he ever had. So I want to clarify here. Um, I've been a Baron Corbin fan for many, many years, as Ben is aware and laughs about a lot. I think this year has been the worst year for Baron Corbin that I've seen. He's been involved in some god-awful angles, his King of the Ring thing, I can't even remember when he won it anymore, but it needs to go. He, he, a while ago now. A long time ago, and he doesn't have a character anymore, yeah. and he seems to just be walking around for no reason getting involved in feuds that last two weeks on SmackDown. And he, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a spoiler. He's actually a runner-up honorable mention for my least improved as well. Wow. Which really hurts me to say, uh, because I I do really feel like, and I know this goes against the grain, but I do really feel like Baron Corbin has got so much potential, um, and I do really feel like when he's utilized properly, he can be a great heel. But this year has just been awful uh, for him from creative, and at the same time, I I will admit, uh, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. He has not shown much interest in what he's doing. He's he's fallen on his laurels, I think, a lot, you, and he's just know, kind of going through the paces. You know what he is? He is that default, like video game bad guy that all the faces in their three week push have to go up against. One hundred percent, you've nailed it on the head for for the easy win. Yeah, that's all he is. He's a punching bag, which is a shame because his NXT character was actually really good. He had a pretty good. For some reason, um, NXT London springs to mind. I think, did he beat Apollo Crews on that card or something? Yeah, yeah, I remember I, just remember, I was watching I, a card. Something like it? that. But I just, every time I think of Baron Corbin, I think of that match and how great he looked. And since and ever since that one match, he's never hit that stride again. Yeah, I mean, I just, honestly, I like, and I'm not, you you know I'm not like uh, body shaming or anything like that I, I just, he's he has gained weight and he he's lost like a, a fire yeah but that his... doesn't matter it's the character that's no the no problem. no no but no 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 that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that in general from um from his 
what he's putting into matches to how he's keeping himself to how invested he is in promos it kind of seems like the guy's just given up yeah. um and he just can't be bothered right now i'm not i'm not saying that he's gotten fat or anything i'm just saying that he, it it looks like he's not he's let himself go yeah he can't like, be bothered to put the effort yeah, in because yeah. he's not getting anything so what's your actual pick for west gimmick yeah i've still got honorable mention <laughs> okay come on then come i'm on, not gonna go I'm, I'm gonna do them real fast uh yeah. i've got eye for an eye match because yeah. Rey Mysterio's eyeball obviously mm-hmm. wrestle house was a big one um yeah. i don't think you watched that it was the big brother impact wrestling series where they got magically uh taken into a house uh by rosemary and then rose that came from the rosemary angle where she she got married and that was god awful that was so bad but yeah, my, I, uh, you told me about it, so I didn't bother watching it. My worst gimmick has to be Retribution. Ooh, this. yes. But it's not necessarily the worst gimmick. It's like the the, the beginning potential against what we eventually got. Y- yeah, 100% what it became. My, I mean, I think it really hit in for me when not only did Maya Yim, Yim's mask fall off, and she had to put it back on. But Maya Yim had some sort of fit or spasm. And they hinted at the fact that she had been electronically probed uh, into like being brainwashed. And then they never followed it up. And it's just, just awful, awful, Vintage awful Vintage WWE. <laughs> yeah. I think that's got, probably got to be one of the worst things of the it's, year. It's the, it's, the, it's the terrorists blowing up SmackDown. So we signed them for a contract for me. And it, it also leaves a really bad taste in my mouth because I have no doubt that Vince McMahon came up with this idea to play on Antifa, uh, who, who are a, a group in America that Donald Trump really doesn't like. Right. So anyway. Anyway, let's, let's not I get into not that. I do not want to talk about... Yeah, I don't want to talk about... I feel really sorry for Diakovic. Yes. And I feel really sorry for Ali. I feel um, sorry for who, Ali, but also for... Dijakovic because his series with Keith Lee and NXT was unbelievable. I think that wasn't last year, was it? So that would have been 2019. I think those series of matches were contenders for the best match of the year in 19. He's a serious talent Mm -hmm. and he is one of those guys actually. A lot of those people um, are AEW you know. AEW's calling. If you're you're being treated like that on the main roster and you're Dijakovic, then uh, how long are you going to last? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Worst feud. Worst feud. What we got? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry about this one. Uh, Corbin versus Elias at WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> it's really interesting, man, because you know that I love Baron Corbin. My worst feud of the year is Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. When did that happen? It started January. It was it right, to be okay. fair. It was it had been going since November of the previous year. Uh, Roman Reigns got his revenge by putting dog food on King Corbin. Oh January. yeah, but actually their Royal Rumble match was pretty good. I st- uh, yeah, I still got it. The, I still got it. The Fools Count Anywhere match they had, and then the Usos interfered. And then, that was decent. Yeah, and then that there was, was like a DDT up on because it was a baseball field. So on the dugout, they did like a DDT on the dugout, which was pretty cool for WWE. Again, it's this is, but this is. I can't get past the dog food stuff. No, I'm not gonna let you have that. Actually, I'm I, no, I'm gonna put my foot down. I'm not gonna let you have that because 
Their, their blow-off match was actually decent. Whereas Corbin versus Elias was dog shit to begin with, and then their closing match, their blow-off match, okay. was also shite. Okay, okay. And okay. someone got I'm have to thrown, change my pick. And someone got thrown off a 30-foot balcony, which was obviously very fake, and then he was in a match the very next week. See, I kind of... I preferred... Elias. I preferred King Corbin versus oh. Elias. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I preferred King Corbin versus Elias. Do you to, have any uh, did, do you have any runner ups for this one? Yeah, no one well, no, I have actually just changed my pick. Okay. <laughs> okay, what you got? No, I've just changed my pick from thinking about Elias. Okay. So quickly uh, running yeah. through my runner ups, I've yeah. got Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Retribution versus Ricochet and Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. My worst, fe- my new worst feud of the year <laughs> is Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure that one. That's that's a much that better Alco- pick. Yeah, I completely forgot about that until you started talking about Elias. I'm gonna Just allow the, that one. The car crash, alcoholism. Since when did you become the dictate? I'm running this show <laughs> tonight. <laughs> For one night only, you're in charge. There's a, there was a car crash. There was um, alcoholism. Yeah, they had a bar no, that's a good fight. pick. It was just awful, awful trash TV. It was kind of dropped, and then when Elias came back, it was started up again, and Jeff Hardy was like, I was proven innocent. It was Sheamus, and Elias was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to win after yeah. you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, he was literally like, yo, have you watched TV for the last eight months of yeah. your own company? And yeah. he was like, no, who's this ginger freak? I, <laughs> you, you killed me. No, it was bad, man. And it it bordered on, I remember us talking about it, it bordered on distasteful uh, when they started talking about drink driving and, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. It just bad, because bad, 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 bad weeks bad before it, they were celebrating Jeff Hardy being sober and how far he's come in his life. Yeah. And then they started this angle about drink driving. It also felt like a complete punishment um, just for Jeff Hardy existing. Yeah, it, just, it was just a dick shot completely. Yeah. That's what it was most overrated okay so this one i feel like i don't have to explain it too much but i'm not sure you're going to agree charlotte flair fair enough because i really like rhea ripley and i feel like she was completely bulldozed by charlotte not necessarily was charlotte's fault but that's what happened no it's fair enough um i was also disappointed with the rhea ripley thing um charlotte is one of those incredibly talented women in the roster that has kind of been taken by Vince McMahon and they've attempted to turn her into the new John Cena mm-hmm. so that you know every time you see Charlotte she's winning regardless of what the it thing, is the, the thing is she's great on the mic she's great in the ring she deserves her spot I'm not saying that but she's used too much to the detriment of the rest of the women on the roster and I completely agree with you it's got nothing to do with Charlotte as a as an individual it's got everything to do with the way they're using her yeah 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 good pick i have matt hardy okay yeah hurts my feelings a little bit although when he first debuted everybody was against him not against him but everybody hated when he came to AEW. sure i'm seeing it more from a perspective of AEW side of things yeah by putting them him in lots of big profile matches, uh, refusing to admit that the woken thing is not working, putting him with like as an ally to the elite, giving him the private party team to sort of work on, and just like, no character work really. It it's quite clear that Matt Hardy is not working in AEW at all. 
Um, so, and I couldn't think of any, but anybody else really. I was gonna, just to piss you off, I was gonna put Orange Cassidy yeah. or the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, but I, I honestly, thought that was coming. Honestly, it's not true. You know, I haven't seen enough of the Lucha Brothers to call them overrated. And Orange oh no, Cassidy, you can't say shit on the Lucha Brothers. I would kick off, but I'd understand yeah. if you said something <laughs> on Orange Cassidy. Lucha Brothers no, is the best tag, one of the best tag teams in the world. No, see the pro, the Cassidy is not overrated to me because it's been physically proven by data that people like him if people like him and he sells then i get it he's good Matt at what Hardy, he does but AEW tries to cram him into a different style against what sure. he's good at matt, matt hardy to me is a guy that i respect massively that he was i had a jeff hardy and matt hardy poster on my wall when i was like eight and i don't want to talk bad of the guy especially given the horrible incident that happened this year mm-hmm. but um at this point, he I think he really needs to go away and sort of figure out how he can become an elder statesman because it's not working. Yeah, I agree with you. His 2020 run in AEW was rough and it didn't make sense. But yeah. have as of our recording this week, have you watched the most recent Dynamite? He was No, I'm going to be watching that tomorrow morning. So he, he was in a segment with um, Private Party and it was just a short thing about him making them sign contracts and it was very... Again, AEW loved doing this, I know, and it's a bit stupid, but it was playing off the stereotype of Vince McMahon signing you to a contract that you think is good, but like they're taking way too much of your merchandise cut. Anyway, Matt yeah, so Hard- Matt's turned heel, heel Matt, now, right? Matt's turning heel, and eventually Private Party are going to work out that he's a bad guy, and they're going to feud. So the story he's currently in, I think, is the best place for him. But like you said, his 2020 run was awful. It's still not exactly exciting, though, is it? It's not exciting, but it's it's better than what they've done so far. But uh, the, the, you know, we've got, when you do the worst of the year, there's some people that you just you just really don't like, and then there's some people that you have to give that award to, despite the fact that you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And Matt Hardy's one of those guys. I don't want to give him a worst of the year award. I just feel like I have to. All right, what we got next? Uh, we have got worst talker. Okay, right. So mine is based off literally one single promo, which might be a little bit unfair, but it was the most disappointing thing I've seen in wrestling of all of 2020. Mine, okay. is, mine is going to Heath Slater's Impact debut. Oh, come on, man. His, Bro, that's so unfair. It, you know that on Slammiversary, they had microphone issues and you couldn't even hear the poor But fucker. Yeah, but the amount of times he stumbled... <laughs> And he lost track of his words, and some guy I don't even know, but I guess he's an impact guy, came out, and I didn't give a shit, and I don't even think Heath Slater knew the guy's That's name. so mean, bro. And you got to admit... You're talking was... about Rahit Raju, by the way. Yes, and you got to admit, that is one of the worst <laughs> promos of the year. He stumbled yeah, over his words so badly. It wasn't exactly helped by the fact that you couldn't hear a word the poor guy said. Okay, no, I'll take it, though. It was a pretty bad promo, and it was his debut, and, and he probably should have done a little bit better. And you know what? There was another promo the week after, or even the week after that, he had, and the guy was saying backstage, you're not allowed to be here because you're not on the roster, and he's Slater's like, I got, I got kids, I want to be here, I'm come to see Rhino. Yeah. And it's like, you're just replaying the 2017 storyline from SmackDown. It is an, actually a fair point. I, Heath Slater has had an awful 
uh, Impact debut. And he's not necessarily a bad talker, but we expected so much from him once he was unleashed from WWE. He was one of the dark horses, right? Because people mm-hmm. were actually kind of quite excited. Yeah. I think in part because of the Jinder Mahal came back and became champion, Drew McIntyre came back and became champion. That 3MB thing was going around. And they thought that maybe Heath Slater was like a hidden dark horse talent. He was going to reinvent himself in Impact. But then Impact used him as the same character, and he was quite happy with that. Exact so, same character. Yeah. Good, no, valid, valid. Um, my worst talker is worst talkers, the Young Bucks. <laughs> no, come on. I've tried. No, seriously. Uh, okay. I've, seriously, I've tried my very best to be as objective as possible. This is their only worst of award. I've, I've put my personal opinion on aside. You cannot sit there and tell me that they're not awful promos really really bad promos they don't know how to talk in front of a camera what it's what type of promo are we talking are we talking in ring to the crowd backstage segments. no backstage segments they they, i i don't agree with you i think they're actually okay are you serious no no no. but, but i'm only saying this because they've had two of some of the best stories throughout the year and they've been involved in that they they've been involved in it, but they've been carried in it. When they when it comes <laughs> when they no, I'm serious. When it actually comes to to storylines, the Bucks are carried. They do their work in the ring, and they do their work with facial expressions. And I'm not actually, saying okay. that they're, I'm not okay, saying that they're bad in ring or facial expressions. But when they get on the microphone or just in general talk backstage, they are awful. Okay, you really know what? Bad. I, actually, I think I, I will I will give you it. I don't I don't agree that they're carried, but I think you're right when they're talking, like in promos, it's not so great. But their story work, as in like the emotions and mannerisms that they've done, especially with Hangman, has been really good. But maybe when they're talking, it's not been so believable. Well, I just I just want to. There were uh, lots of bad Bucks moments backstage for me personally that I saw where they just can't. They can't do that side of the business. Okay. But the the worst one that I want to state, the one that really sticks in my mind, is when they started to turn a bit heelish. I think either before or after the FTR match, and Tony Schiavone turns up backstage. Bucks open the door, and Matt Bucks there, and he's Tony Schiavone says, "Hey, what's what's going on?" You know, and Matt Buck gives some really awkward half heelish statements like, "What do you want, Schiavone?" and shit like that, and then. Matt Buck asks Tony Schiavone for his phone and then smashes it against the wall and yes. then just repeats over and over again, I don't know, like really like a like a seven-year-old that's in the head min- headmistress's office. And it's, it's really, really awkward and it was really, really bad. And then- it was worse than six-form A-level sort of drama studies. It was so, so bad. And then the next couple of weeks, they just start super-kicking officials. Yeah, because they realized that they couldn't fucking talk. Yeah. And it, yeah, okay, and, and, okay, I agree with you. Look, there's no... there's Young Bucks aren't on any other thing on my West of. Um, but in terms of being able to deliver a halfway decent promo, they need to go back to school. Okay. Worst women's match. Okay, so this is this is a little bit hidden down in the, the realms, but I've got Maya Kim versus Candice LeRae. Only because their story promised so much, and then every time they were involved, really in a proper match, 
or they they were getting involved in their boyfriend's matches and they were just having a slap yeah, fight. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember a specific example or just in general? I I believe the match I'm thinking of is also on NXT Takeover in Your House. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I it was like no, that was like a six man women's no, tag. No, so the, right? okay, were... so it was the um um the Great American Bash TV special then. Okay, yeah, the yeah, yeah. That was a a feud that could have gone somewhere, but just became about being the wives. And really. I didn't, uh, yeah, and I didn't pick feud because I feel like they didn't even do enough for it to be a proper feud. But every match they had was just disappointing, seeing as though both of them are great wrestlers. Yeah, no, no, I agree. That's a good pick. I was really struggling with this one for quite a long time. I was trying to rack my brain for Dana Brooke matches and, and <laughs> that sort of thing. Just any Dana Brooke match on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> but then I came across an absolute stinker, which really upset me, which was the knockout gauntlet match from Slammiversary 2020. Do you remember this? Um, yes, actually I do. Yes. Yeah. And it was it was played off as comedy and... Uh, Johnny Bravo turned up as a yes, dress as a woman. I actually do remember that. Yes. Rob Van Dam's girlfriend played a stripper. Well, that was just her gimmick really all the time, stuff. wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, sure, yeah, but that I was mean, really bad. And then there was talents like um, Jordan Grace in there. Was Tamilia was in there as well, and so was Kira Hogan. Like there were some really good women in there, and, and they just, just had to joke. play the comedy bullshit. And yeah, it, it was it wasn't what Impact Wrestling represents for women's wrestling at all and like as somebody that has a a woman in the house who watches wrestling because it's on and i'm like yo impact wrestling they got some a great women's division that's the first thing she saw mm. <laughs> yeah and um it was just terrible it was a terrible waste of talent and some of the worst wrestlers they've got on their roster gave, were given the most time and it was just it just seemed like a complete waste of of a segment to me. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about that, but yeah, now you say it. Yeah, that was uh, that was bad. West Tag West Tag. Well, team. actually just before you move on, I just okay. I just want to go back and say that actually Dana Brooke, I feel like this year has <laughs> has improved so much so that it's been the best wrestling year of her life. Just want to add that. I, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I just don't want to bag on people for no reason. Like she's actually improved quite a lot, and I match some. Not all of them, but some of them actually has actually been pretty half decent. Okay, anyway, I, I let's wouldn't. Move on. I wouldn't go towards half decent, but <laughs> Quarter I decent. would. Ag- I would agree. I got no scruples about shitting on people. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. I do understand what you're saying. She has improved over the last couple of years. I think. Give. Her, I think if she can stay in the business for another ten years, she's actually going to turn out to be a half decent worker. I give her ten years, mate. She'll be an impact ring general. Well, I mean, give anyone ten years, but yeah. Hey, okay, no, okay. Thanks for your redaction. Anyway, worst tag team. Okay, so it's not an official tag team, but I just remember hating them so much because they were taking screen time away from decent tag teams. So I got Angel Garza and Austin Theory slash sometimes Andrade. You remember that? So... You remember when that was a thing, like in early in the year. I don't remember Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Yeah, they actually held the belts. Oh shit! So over yeah, Street Profits and Austin Theory joined their team shortly before joining Seth Rollins, right? Yeah, and they won it from Street Profits. Street Profits run it back, but also like 
the Viking Raiders were involved in all of that. I think New Day were even on Raw at that time. I do agree with you largely because Andrade Angel Garza uh, was such a waste of mm-hmm. mass talent because both of them are so good. And yeah. they were just being thrown together to lose in about two minutes like the big show and his mates. It was, yeah, the good good pick. Um, Austin Theory apparently is doing really well now on NXT. Uh, but that was definitely some dark times. And that was a complete waste of talent in general. It's weird. You, have... you say dark times, but as it was happening, we were like, oh, look at this amazing new talent that they're giving TV time to. And now looking back at it, it's like I remember, they wasted I remember his us, debut. I remember us talking about him quite a bit because we, we didn't hate him. We were just frustrated with the idea that he was thrown out yeah, without any sort of character whatsoever. Exactly. And I think in that, they also, not only did they waste Andrade, who started the year as US champion, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. but they also wasted Selena Vega, who was a a really good manager. That was it, because Vega was the highlight of all of this, and we kept referring to, because they didn't have a stable name, so we kept referring them to as um, uh, her hunky lads or something. Yeah, yeah. She was was the main attraction, and they were just there in six-man tags. Yeah. I would have, if they hadn't lasted two weeks because the guy made an inappropriate tweet, I would have put my West team as the Forgotten Sons. And you can make a joke out of that yeah. if you want. <laughs> I think a lot but, of people uh, already have. Yeah, because uh, they were pretty god-awful when they came out. But I've got to give it to The Miz and John Morrison. And I want to paraphrase this before we even get into it, that as performers themselves, I really like both The Miz and John Morrison. Together, under WWE's creative team, they have been the worst example of Vince McMahon's comedy and booking of the entire year. And they're just those really cheesy schoolyard bullies, where it's like, nothing they do is cool, or makes sense, or really that intimidating. You just want to... And we've talked about them endlessly, because I know that we both like them. We both like both of them. I like The Miz more than you do, maybe. You like John Morrison more than I do, maybe. But I don't dislike The Miz. I really like The Miz. He needs to be in the perfect situation uh, to to be the guy. These guys, to me, throughout the year, have just become the sort of embodiment of Vince McMahon on TV. They are what Vince McMahon represents. They are his puerile humour. They've been involved in some horrible, horrible segments throughout the year that I'll probably get into at some point. You know what they are? They're attitude, like attitude era comedy without being able to literally explode stuff and pull women's skirts down and stick up their middle finger to the boss. That's a really good analogy. They're basically so, U or PG rated The Godfather and Val Venus. Yeah, so so they're just left with uh, like crashing into... They crashed into... or they No, they took a hammer to... Braun Strowman's car. Um, well, I can't even remember what else they did. They had a rap song, which in the Attitude Era would have been cool because the rap song would have been edgy. I think they you just missed, came off as lame. I think you missed the, the Nightmare Before TLC, which was one of the worst segments of the entire year, in which Miz sat down and told a Christmas story about how AJ Styles was going to beat... Uh, I can't even remember... Uh, and they had little spotlights and every time AJ's name was mentioned or John Morrison's name was mentioned a little spotlight went on and it was a little Christmas story and uh, I had no idea who that was aimed for because I mean 26 year olds are tuning out 16 year olds are tuning out and I think 6 year olds 
even six year olds would find it a bit corny. It was just bad. Yeah, no, I, I was I was gone at that point. Um, least improved. I've already mentioned that Baron Corbin was an honourable mention, and I really hope he has a better year this year because I'm a good fan of him. But least improved. So, are we talking the actual ability or their push? Either or. Because you know I love him, but I got to go with Apollo Cruz. Fair point. Because yep. because going into 2020, he was on a high, and it looked like they were going to do something really exciting with him, and then he fell off a cliff, and then got jobbed out a lot. MVP tried to do something with him. There, I, yeah. I do I do feel like MVP pushed for him to have run-ins with the Hurt Business and stuff, but for whatever reason, he also got taken off a pay-per-view for no reason, and they gave him a fake injury because he contracted yeah. coronavirus for a little bit, and then they took him off a pay-per-view anyway. Yeah, he's had a pretty bad year. But if we're going to talk actual ability, I've got a bit of a wild card here. Go on. John Moxley. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> because. Very interesting. Because I feel like his championship run got boring quite quickly. Now, a lot of people love him. I know that. And I like him. But he did nothing to change up what he was doing until the very, very, until only a couple of months ago, he really changed up his character enough to be interesting again. So I feel like as the years progressed, he's not improved what he was doing. Although what he was doing wasn't bad because he was world champion, of course, but he wasn't doing anything to freshen what was wrong. Okay. I'm not going to comment on that <laughs> I just because uh, you disagree or because you agree I'm just going to allow you to put that out into the air I just <laughs> I, I'm just not I love say John Moxley and I love I especially love the match he had with Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. and I loved everything mm-hmm. he's done with Kenny Omega although I think that was 19 so I'm, I'm not against him but you know okay no that's, that's fair enough I've got honourable mention of the New Day who okay. have been just seem to have been treading water all year not doing anything in particular and they've gotten to a point in their promos where they're starting to become a bit obnoxious and they're, they're kind of heelish while they're still baby faces and they're just getting really annoying but my main one is both from a creative standpoint and from a personal from a uh, ability standpoint Miro yeah. fell off a cliff what I mean he started the year by being involved in a really bad angle with Bobby Lashley and Lana over was, a, a wedding. Was Rusev ever on top of the cliff, really? I, he, I mean, he came out at WrestleMania in a tank against John Cena. No, I meant it last year. Sure. But yeah, but like I, career-wise, yeah. But, I mean, it's a weird thing to me because obviously he got treated like shit in WWE. Nobody's under the pretense that he didn't. But I feel like in a weird, weird way almost like a i don't know it feels like he's being treated in worse treated in worse condition in AEW by his own volition it seems like he wants this character this video game character because i mean AEW's famous for allowing the talent to do what they want and it kind of seems that Vince even giving him all of this terrible stuff did a better job of getting him over than he's doing with his own power of creativity He's yeah. playing video games in malls uh, and talking to the guy that broke the, I think, the Donkey Kong record, uh, the celebrity that broke the Donkey Kong record, and he's the best man. 
hanging around with Kip Sabian. The I think whole thing is just dreadful. The whole thing's been awful in 2020. Definitely deserves that. Um, I think in 21, they've turned that corner already. Who was it that he was being the shit out of? I don't know, but on two different Dynamites now. No, one Dynamite, he's closed the show being like his hand raised over okay. a load of bodies. And one other show, just halfway through the show, he laid out everyone. So I think they've turned the corner on it. But for 2020, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I hope so, because I remember talking to you about when Miro was released from uh, WWE. I remember talking about that on this podcast and how I saw kind of a dream match is Cody versus Miro in uh, like a USA versus Russia old school wrestling match, you know. And uh, I mean, what I actually got was him in in Gucci t-shirts playing Call of Duty. Yeah, they've come nowhere near close to any of those dream matches yet. Just There's yeah, a lot. There's I really, a lot of great I, matches I really do had. hope that Miro has a good year, and I really don't want to think that this is his own design. But not just Rusev, but like or Miro, a lot of matches and pushes. I feel like everyone was treading water, waiting for crowds to come back, and then they realised crowds weren't coming back, and then it was too late to pull the trigger. Well, this is what this is something that I noticed when I was doing Best Feud. Uh, it's really hard to pick Best Feud for me because the feuds this year lasted a lot less time than feuds normally do. It was all kind of a one and done pay per view thing because yeah. they were trying to get quick bucks, quick month ratings brackets instead of actually building towards something that they know would get more because of a crowd. So it's it's been a weird year. Um, so I, I I do have to give that out to people that have struggled or programs that have struggled this year. I do hope it turns a corner. But yeah, Miro was not impressive this year whatsoever. We move on to worst pay-per-view of the year, bro. Easy. Money in the bank. Uh, that's my honourable mention. Uh, it had Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, but even that I feel like could have been better. I thought it was, it was halfway decent. It was good, but could have been better. We had... Uh, off the top of my head, it was Bray and Broad, right, on that show? Yeah, oh, that, yeah, but it, was, it but wasn't it, The Fiend, it was Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it was um, in the sweater. And then there's there that, that really awkward point where Braun put his mask on for no reason. Mm. Yeah, that was that bad. Was, that was really bad. And then, obviously, that Money in the Bank match, which changed the course of history and made B-movies oh, an official fuck. thing. Uh, and I just rena- I remember the podcast we did on it and just how angry I was. You were so angry. I've n- actually never <laughs> seen you that angry at a wrestling show. I was disappointed and relatively frustrated, but you were seething. I think I shouted for two hours. <laughs> yeah, you did. I didn't really talk much that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got? I've got, that's an honorable mention. I've got WWE Super Showdown 2020 uh, uh, in Saudi. Yeah. I'm not even sure whether you bothered to watch that one. Uh, is that the Tyson one? No, that was 2019, the Tyson one. This oh, okay. one was a real nothing show. Um, this was Goldberg dropping, dropping Taker on his head? No, this was Goldberg defeating Bray Wyatt in 2 minutes and 56 seconds for the WWE Championship. Oh, maybe I didn't even watch this show. I don't think you did. It's not worth it. Did Mansoor win? Yeah, uh, yes, he did. And Mansoor had the only halfway decent match on the show. Yeah, against, he did. Go Mansoor. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. That was... The only decent match on the show. Everything else was dreadful. Brock Lesnar dropped Ricochet in a minute and 34 seconds. 
uh, Roman Reigns had an awful steel cage match with King Corbin. The whole thing was just one of those... It wasn't necessarily... Oh, there was an awful gauntlet match in- involving R-Truth, AJ, Undertaker. Just just really bad shit. Um, R-Truth and Undertaker? Yeah. Well, no, it was a gauntlet match, so it was like whoever wins stays on. But it yeah. was, it was but not necessarily the worst show in the world. It was more just one of those shows where absolutely nothing happens and what you are watching is below quality content. I definitely didn't watch this show. I'm confusing 19 with this show. So. Yeah, this was this was early in the year. It was just uh, before. I think it was be- before the af- Rumble. After Rumble, before oh. Elimination Chamber. Okay. So yeah, th- definitely 100 percent that one. Do you reckon we'll get a Saudi show this year? No, but I have read that we will be getting some sort of Indian show. India. Yeah, okay. I think it might be NXT. But th- yeah, there's, that makes sense. Yeah, but they've used the same. What's interesting is they've used the same type font, the same uh, graphics as Saudi. So this must be their new sort of... Uh, so all of Asia, yeah, <laughs> it gets the Saudi deal. Yeah, yeah. Where are we at? Oh, I guess worst men's match. Well, oh, worst men's match. Yeah. I generally haven't even written that one down. Oh no, no I, I have. Got oh it no, I have. Either. Yeah, no worst men's match, which is very fitting. The Money in the Bank. <laughs> uh, it yeah. couldn't not be. It made me so angry, and I know we also have a category for worst B movie, and this technically was a B movie match. But Money in the Bank usually isn't a B movie match. It usually is a regular match, so I'm classing it as a regular match. And um, yeah, it just made me so angry. It, it couldn't not be this. Mick Foley's son-in-law dressed as Doink the Clown haunts me to this day. I still remember him behind some weird armchair just peeping up for no reason. And what a strange reference. Nobody cares about that guy. I feel like maybe 500 people even watched the Noel yeah, yeah. Documentary. My former guy Baron Corbin, um, killing Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, he threw them off a building, and then they just turned up next week. It's fine. Yeah, because apparently it was, they just fell off onto a lower building. Well, they did because you could see it in the big <laughs> shot. You could see that they didn't fall off the building. But nobody bothered to mention it on commentary. Yeah, nobody literally said a thing. And then and the then stupid Otis ending became where, money in the bank by just catching it. And then they dealt. They did that for six months. They got bored of him. Put it on Miz, taking it away from Miz, and now Miz is once again money in the bank. Anyway, but the actual match, I tell you why this made me so angry, because this could have been fantastic. It could have been amazing, but it was just a load of people. And well, the I mean the women's as well. The women's was happening at the exact same time. Let's not forget. So I mean that's contender for one of the worst matches for the women as well. But I I just assuming you're you're treating it all as well. Yeah, really. sure I will because it was just all bad. It was a load of people running around, and then there was comedy skits in the main event, but there was nothing. There was no got brother love. I know, but like if John Laurinaitis. Yeah, but come on, <laughs> if we're having a match in the headquarter office. Someone needs to go through a table. Someone needs to go through a wall. Just pick yeah. up a coffee machine and throw it at someone. Like, I mean, someone needs to go through. So a... many bad moments in someone... that. Dana Brooke mm-hmm. pre- thinking that she'd won the money in the bank because there was a briefcase in a conference room full of money, and then we joked she should have just taken that shit instead. Oh man! And then Stephanie McMahon, who obviously wasn't in the room, she filmed that shit at home. Was like that's the wrong case, like you idiot. I, I just... Oh, that was bad, yeah. And then that was, uh, that was AJ really, gets really spooked bad. because there's a special takeover. Why the fuck is there a takeover room in the head office? Anyway, if they wanted a really cool 
Fools Count Anywhere style match. They could have done so much with weapons and cool stunts, and they did nothing. They just ran around for half an hour until they got on top of the building, and Baron Corman pretended to kill someone, and then Otis just caught the brief. He didn't even climb the ladder. Because he, he couldn't, remember? He was too fat to climb a ladder. The ladder would break every time he tried to climb it. And it's all coming back to me now, and it's making me very angry. <laughs> I, I can tell on it. <laughs> this is actually get. This is scary levels of fucking Ben. And he just caught the fucking briefcase. And then Oscar won it, like, five minutes beforehand because she just happened to be the first one there. No one even thought... I think Lacey Evans got there, one kick, done. She just got it. It was, just, yeah. it was just a nothing. It was just a nothing. Just nothing yeah. for yeah, 40 okay, minutes. Bro. <laughs> okay, bro. Okay. No, I, Could no, have I, been great. I th- it was nothing. I do one of the worst matches of the year. What, what have you got? <laughs> uh, I think this one's more personal. I really, probably way more than you, really like The Fiend. Uh, really enjoy his gimmick overall. I think... Regardless of what WWE Creative does with him, I I think he's an incredibly talented individual, and I think he deserves to be in the main event. Whether what what he's given in the main event is different, it's a different thing. But he's one of the few guys to me that can immerse me without being a technically good wrestler. Like he doesn't need to have a good match. He's got that Hulk Hogan quality yeah. of having enough charisma to draw you in without necessarily knowing how to do some sort of leg lock. And Goldberg was my childhood hero. He was my favorite wrestler. I didn't have Sky Sports. I didn't have Sky in general. Only had Stone Cold Steve Austin in action figure and a t-shirt. I'd never seen a match by him. But Goldberg was on TV every uh, Friday on Channel 5, and he was my first champion, and he was my favorite wrestler for a very long time when I was a kid. Goldberg coming back for a Saudi paycheck and squashing my new favorite wrestler uh, 20 years later in two minutes for no particular reason because it was WrestleMania season has to be something that kind of really upset me. So And that's uh, it there as well for no reason. Yeah, Goldberg versus The Fiend is at Super Showdown for the, the Saudi money paycheck. It has to be my worst match of the year just because it made me feel upset. Because <laughs> you've got my, my childhood favorite there going against a guy that I think is has some real quality in the wrestling business just because money talks. Oh, yeah, and we so many people not just us so many people say it all the time it's just the legends burying the current roster it just doesn't need to happen and it's really upsetting me because it's kind of like goldberg walking over his own grave at this point he's just sort of demolishing any good memories that i hold with him because he's just refusing to stop yeah i mean i didn't even kind of like a lot of people feel like the undertaker probably that's how I'm starting to feel with Goldberg. But at least the Undertaker somewhat gives back. Whereas Goldberg, yeah. like I never saw him as an egotistical guy. I didn't think he was like that. But he, he just keeps coming back and winning. He's not giving back. Well, I, th- I think I don't even think it's Goldberg. I think it's Vince realizing that Goldberg is pretty much the only guy he's got now. Because Goldberg and Vince McMahon have never had a great relationship. It's just Vince needs him now because every every wrestler that he could ever rely on has gone. If you think about it, Undertaker's retired, John Cena's in movies, The Rock's in movies, Brock Lesnar's not coming back anytime soon. All he's got is Goldberg. If he wants to um if he wants to Make get money. Well, if he wants to get over himself, he could get Punk back. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I would, it's not going to happen, but it could. I'm In my head, it's more likely that I see a, uh, CM Punk in AEW than in WWE. For sure. But if people, if, if both of them wanted to get over themselves and make some real money, they could make it happen. And they both know it as well. They just they, can they you, can't they can't. Dude, can you imagine the first proper live pay per view back and cult of personality hitting? It, it the, the wrestling world would lose itself. And we said last year or the year before that it's done for Punk. He's left it too long. But nah, I don't think so. I think I no no dude it, no way. Where I I remember us talking about that. I still think I would mark the fuck out if CM Punk just. But you're right. But you're right. If Tony Khan, Punk said it himself. If Tony Khan comes with a sensible financial offer and a good story that makes sense, he'll do it. That that really pisses me off, actually, because I mean, can nobody come up with a good creative idea for CM Punk to turn up? But that's the thing. The, but, the, but Punk said it himself. If he goes to WWE, who's he gonna face? Because everyone that's interesting is a fucking jobber. Like sure. he'd want to no, face sure, someone. Sure. He'd want to face you know. But if he goes to AEW, there's actual interest there. There's but I'm talking MJF, AEW here. Shouldn't they be hanging their heads in shame that they can't come up with a good idea for CM Punk? Can we can we please like have a little meeting where we focus on coming up with a fucking idea for CM well, Punk? I didn't say it you in know? our predict. I didn't say it in our predictions episode because I don't think it's going to happen next year because I think with uh, COVID they're waiting for crowds. But I think twenty two, Punk Punk will go. They'll come up Is with that... an idea. Hit him versus Kenny Omega. Can you imagine? Fuck me. Yo, It'll be huge. If when I was six, bro, I was NWO for life. If they bring back my my second favorite wrestler of all time in 2022, I'm AEW for life, bro. And he will go against the elite. <laughs> He'll come back yeah. as a face against a heel elite. That's that's a license to print money. Worst promotion. Okay, my worst promotion is obviously WWE, but it's specifically Raw. Okay. Because SmackDown's been okay, NXT's okay. It's just Raw. Yo, I mean, obviously I've got WWE as well. Do you really want me to spoil my botch of the year? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't spoil your botch. Don't spoil your botch. Okay, okay. Well, it's involved with WWE anyway. But uh, it's a no-brainer that WWE is the, the worst of the year. I, I can't really think of anybody that could say anything else. I mean, I've got a very, very, very light honorable mention to NWA. Uh, they have not dealt with the pandemic well at all. But can you really compare that to some of the stuff that WWE has pulled? It's unbelievable. They tried. They tried their hardest and they just yeah, yeah. missed the mark. Where WWE it didn't work out. Trying. If this was spe- if this was uh, worst of the year for independents that have dealt with the pandemic, I would give it to NWA. But yeah, they tried something, it failed. Whereas WWE are just seemingly on a on a mission to self destruct. They're like when the American government put monkeys in spaceships in the 1950s to test them out. that That's what it feels like to watch a roar these days. Yeah, they're just not learning from the mistakes. It goes past that, though. It's, it's almost like bloody-mindedness. It's not just not learning from mistakes. It's putting stuff on despite the fact that seemingly you know that it's going to bomb. Mm-hmm. Like the H-phone, like whatever, you know, like retribution, like... Um, I generally, th- I generally think that they thought the H phone was a clever idea, was a clever little comedy skit. I'm sure Vince McMahon and underground thought- and underground 
bumped the the viewer figures. Yeah, but the um, the the very first one at least. Don't you find it sad that Raw Legends Night it got loads of um, commentary on the internet because it it got Raw past two million for once. This same show six years ago was making five six million viewers, and people like WWE marks say, "Ah, oh, people just watch it on the internet these days." People were watching it on the internet six years ago when it was having five million viewers. Yeah, it's got nothing to yeah. do with the internet at this point. The WWE have lost four five million viewers themselves by just being bloody minded and refusing to listen to anybody and just being then in their own terrible creative bubble with some of the worst scripted promos I've ever seen. And you're right, because the people that were watching on the internet just aren't doing that now either. 2014 is not actually that long ago for me. I was watching on the internet in 2014. If I wanted to watch Raw in 2014, I did not have Sky. I watched Raw on the internet. That argument holds absolutely no water whatsoever. People haven't just moved to online streaming sites. Yeah. it's quite an obvious fall off in Amer- in the American public of people that just can't be bothered with this shit anymore and I, I don't know how much longer it's going to go and how low the ratings are going to fall before something happens I think and they're going to get cancelled and that's that's the scariest part of it all I, I really don't want to see Raw cancelled but it is legitimately getting right. to this point Raw might be alright on USA because USA is quite a small channel right in America yeah I, I firmly believe Fox will cancel their deal with SmackDown whenever that's renewed. Yeah, Fo- Fox is too big for the ratings that SmackDown are getting. But I think USA will keep them, but push them to do something different. Regardless, as guys that, uh, for better or worse, have grown up with WWE since they were kids, this is a really depressing sight to see. Yeah. Worst female. Right, so I, f- I feel a bit bad about this one, but I just couldn't think about who else to give it to. But I feel quite bad about it. But I'm giving it to Nyla Rose. Okay. She's and Interesting. it's not yeah, but it's not her fault because of the lockdown and travel restrictions. AEW's already pretty flimsy women's division shrunk down to about four or five people, four or five women. Nyla Rose just happened to be the one that was just always in the main event and mm-hmm. she actually had some pretty good matches with Ashida. At least one of them was pretty good. But it, Nyla Rose just never... She, they build her as this undefeatable monster, and she was never that. So it's not necessarily her fault, because she's actually pretty good in the ring. But because the roster was so weak, there was too much of a spotlight on her, and I don't think she was ready for it. She also had this horrible gimmick at Full Gear, again, no fault of her own, where Vicky Guerrero slapped her and, like, called her a piece of shit and and then she just took it she just got upset about that yeah like way to break your monster that is nyla rose really is a kind of uh way to like how to break your monster in a year sort of thing see i wanted to give it to charlotte because i was really angry about how the charlotte rhea ripley feud went but that was unfair because every charlotte match is golden she's amazing in the ring yeah. Uh, and, and her and Rhea Ripley wasn't really her fault. It was probably just a lack of communication between Triple H and Vince, really, that dropped the ball on that. But Nyla Rose, I feel like, even with bad creative, could have stepped up and done something with it. But I, th- I feel like she just did, didn't. I don't know. Um, 
I do not feel bad about my worst female of the year whatsoever. <laughs> I will throw Iron Sheik shade on on this woman. Um, <laughs> she is uh, unsafe in the ring. She is a terrible promo. She's a terrible worker. She has no psychology. She's only got a job because of her cousin. She uh, has been in some of the worst matches of the entire year. She's been in some of the worst matches of the entire decade. She's hurts people uh, just by giving basic moves. She is unprofessional to an extent that I, I don't think that she has the level of talent to be on television. She is Nia Jax. I, I can't stand anything that I watch with Nia Jax. She is not a good... And I look, I've got no problem with big big women wrestlers. Awesome Kong is one of the best female wrestlers I've ever seen. Nia Jax is not Awesome Kong. She can't work in the ring. She hurts her opponents. And she's a terrible promo. And there was she won a tag team championship with Shayna Baszler at Payback 2020. And completely broke character. Went up to the camera and started shouting, Hey, look at me, mum. Look at me, mum. I totally agree with you. And honestly, I literally had the same pick. And I think you're right. I understand your pick. Nyla Rose is more an unfortunate set of circumstances and creative. Whereas Nia Jax seems to be Nia Jax. I just didn't want to be mean and dunk on someone. But like, to be honest, yeah, Nia Jax is probably the worst worker in a main event spot. Nia Jax is the only person on this list that I would actively dunk on, really. Like, I even gave sort of some positive points and defended, even to an extent, Excalibur. But Nia Jax... <laughs> no, you didn't. Fuck I off. did. I did. I said, I said, no. You said he to... gets bullied sometimes. And that I don't agree with that. And I mm. said that if he, if he wanted to stay in the business, he'd go get some industry experience. But I, I agree. Was, but I, I agree tried with to be you. constructive with Excalibur. But I agree with you, Nia Jax. I don't think deserves the spot she has, and I don't understand why they continue to try and put her in matches with Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Rock's cousin. Charlotte, Rock's cousin. Yeah, but so are the Usos, and they paid their dues for five, six, seven years. Maybe the Rock prefers Nia Jax. Maybe, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I did not get along with Nia Jax this year. I've got an honourable mention for Big Swole because nothing... And again, I go back to what you're saying where I don't want to dunk anybody. I was dunking on Nia Jax, 100%. Big Swole's just not clicking with me. I don't know what it is. Again, Big Swole isn't necessarily bad. She's she's definitely a mid-carder, but because of yeah. travel restrictions... Again, AEW's women division was weak. And they relied a lot on their Japanese women, and they let's lost... not beat around the bush. AEW AEW women's roster this year has been awful. Well, it's been awful from the very beginning, and they've relied heavily on their Japanese uh, talent who couldn't come and do the shows after after the lockdown restrictions. So people like Big Swole had to step up from the mid card when they weren't ready. She's not necessarily bad, but. She didn't deserve the spot she got. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last category. West male. Oh, this one. This one I'm really sad about. Got 
a like a personal one which is kind of like jokey you know what i mean but in terms of p- picking a legitimate one i did actually find it quite difficult i think i i would have thought maybe we would have the same pick but i think you've forgotten about the person i'm gonna mention go on and this one is quite painful but it's true and it's sean spears oh man I love Sean Spears. I've I've loved him in his NXT run. I loved him. Completely forgot about. Sean I know Spears. you did, yeah. but I definitely think you agree with me that when he first came into AEW was really exciting, and even 2019 had an okay run. 2020 has been awful. Like, I again, he's a guy that I feel like his creative has been so bad he gave up, and then he. Didn't he? He had like a three-minute match with Dustin Rhodes, where Dustin like his, stripped him yeah, down to his to underpants, his right? Yeah, that that's yeah, that's a low point of your career. And yo, it it must be so fucked to go from being not treated well and being a jobber in WWE to going to the promised land of AEW and being treated like a jobber. And I don't, I don't get it because Cody put him over huge big time in 2019 well, that was a, a massive talking point when uh cody took this unprotected chair yeah. shot that everybody was going mad about and he gave it he gave that opportunity to sean spears they've even given him to- tully blanchard and i don't know what it is i don't know whether he is dropping the ball and they'd have no confidence in him or whether the creator's been so bad and the crowd just haven't because he's good but 2020 has not been good for him Sean Spears is actually really weird because I've always I've always uh, criticized the fact that AEW has a problem with putting guys in their place. Like they try to build build everyone up, and and therefore you never get guys at, at absolute magnum heat level. Yeah. But with Sean Spears, they seem to have just kind of like absolutely put him as the lowest rated sort of guy on the main roster, like not dark. But um, I like him but his 2020 run is probably maybe the worst of a decent male wrestler. Another guy that they've completely dropped the ball with is is Scorpio Sky, in my opinion. They've given him a few spotlights, and I think they're waiting for SCU to break up, and then they're going to give him a monster push. I hope he's part of a good 2021. I wish a really good 2021 to Adam Page, Scorpio Sky, and Rusev. Yeah. Uh, My worst male... Marco's stunt, bro. There we go. I can't. There we go. I wouldn't be able. I wouldn't be able to say anyone else. What, honestly, come and on. Who came second He's the place? One guy. And who came second place? Second Orange place Cassidy. was no. Second place was actually quite difficult for me to admit because I saw that he was trying, and I saw that he looked great. And he was carrying himself. He was trying to carry himself like a champion. But I had to go with Braun Strowman. Okay. He had a bad year. Um, he w- he was given the belt for no reason just because he was living in Florida. And he got jacked for it. And he looked good. He looked like a champion. But whenever he opened his mouth or had a match, it, w- it showed his uh, shortcomings very, very easily. Uh, to a point where I think the entire wrestling community could see very easily that Braun Strowman was not ready for that level because all of us had wanted Braun Strowman to be at that level for quite a long time. And when they actually finally pulled the trigger because they had to, we could see that he he wasn't there. In a a specific place, he's amazing. And he's the best at being the monster brawler that does all the big spots. But as an all-rounder, I don't think he'll ever be an all-rounder. And that's what they asked him to do this year. 
But I mean, again, I have to place blame at WWE's doorstep to a point because with other promoters and other companies, you have taken the shortcomings and you've hidden them, just like Paul Heyman says, and you've you've emphasized the strengths. Yeah. And what they asked Braun Strowman to do was just be everything on a national stage during a pandemic, and he was never going to be able to deliver that. But at the same time, his performances while champion as good as he looked and as much as he tried uh just did not work whatsoever and i i highly doubt that he's going to be given a championship opportunity again anytime soon anyway marco stunt don't you think the exact same situation (laughs) that he's he's not that bad but aew have just put him in a position he doesn't deserve or he's not good at yeah no 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 no. that was part of my point I, i um I do believe that he has a quality. I do believe that he has a talent. And I'm going to refer back to one of my favorite wrestlers, Taz. The way that he is treated in ECW, the way that he was booked in ECW, the way that everybody loved him, respected him, and feared him, and then the way that he became a jobber and a joke within three months of a WWE run. It's how you use guys and how you book them and how you choose to show them. And Braun Strowman has been a bad effect of that. And he couldn't stand up to it. But he, hey, he's not even my worst male. Marco Stunt, my worst male. So. That, but that's what I'm saying. Marco Stunt as well. That AEW oh, no, had no, to no, put no, him no, no. in the uh, wrong position. Uh, uh, uh. And if, if you put him in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point I was trying to make. That, that if he's in the right place, he's this not. This is like a that. guy on the independent circuit this year that was forced oh. to forced to put his mouth onto a dildo. I, come on. But that's just some indie bullshit. Yo, so he is indie bullshit. He's walking carny, bro. I don't want to I don't want to uh, have a go at anybody's height or anything. We've seen lots of Rey Mysterio is the most beloved wrestler in I don't want to have a go at anybody's Mar- height or anything. We've seen Marco lots Stunt. of famous wrestlers like if- Rey Mysterio <laughs> who have made a name from themselves. By being great, Marco Stunt is not that. He is no. He's. I'm not saying Marco Stunt is Rey Mysterio, but what I'm saying is, if you use him correctly, he could be effective. What is his use? Hit well. I, because I can well, see. I already, I already pit, I already pitched to you on this very podcast. Drop um, Jungle Boy from the from the the trio and give him give him a push into the mid card, whatever you want to do with him, and have. And have Marco Stun and Look. Luchasaurus as like a comedy Look. act tag Look. team. Luchasaurus is, is is worth more than that. If Marco Stunt wants to be in the wrestling business... He is, business, I love Luchasaurus. There is one good role for him, okay? If I needed to give Marco Stunt a job, right? Just say I'm Tony Khan, I'm giving Marco Stunt a job. First of all, I would not put him with Jack Perry. I would not put he him He would with... be the local town No, job, right? dude. I would not put him with Luchasaurus. I would not let him wrestle whatsoever, Okay. <laughs> He is okay. my Jimmy Hart. That's Marco Stunt. Which is basically what he does for the Jurassic Park. I do Express not anyway. want to... And God rest Brody Lee's soul. But this was one of the most annoying parts of my entire year. Marco Stunt getting moves on, 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 on fucking Brody Lee. Are you, are you oh, kidding that, me, bro? Yeah. Like, yeah. Marco Stunt should just not... He, I'm sorry, but he's too small. He is too small to be... In, he's too small. He's too skinny. To be involved in wrestling, 
matches with like these giant seven foot guys and to actually get a believable drop kick in it's just not it passes reality and I'm quite sure that if you allowed him like I'm not like you said I'm not going to dunk on people unnecessarily I'm sure he's got enough talent to get to the point where he has with AEW. He's making some very bad decisions on the independent market, let me tell you that, but whatever. If he wants to be involved in the wrestling business, the best part port of call for him is manager. Just manager. Shit chicken hill okay. manager. If that's what he wants to be, then that he should be that. But I can't there's just no way you can buy him as even an underdog, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, and I that agree. dildo yeah, shit that. really rubbed me up the wrong way. Just, that's just some really shitty indie stuff. Just it could have also gotten his boss pulled off TV. I don't think so. Come on. If they just happened to see a picture of that and realised that that's the guy that, that, that is shown on TV every week, if they could find a picture of it, then they realise the general public could find a picture of it and then they'd throw Actually, him off. Actually, to be fair... To be fair, after you sent that to me and you told me about that, Jungle Express have not been used a lot on TV for a long time. Yeah, so now Marco Stunt added to West Mail of the Year. This is 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 fucking over Jack Perry. Come on. And Luchasaurus. And Luchasaurus. I love Luchasaurus. I know you don't like a big man doing a I got time for him. I wish he'd just do uh, the I wish he'd stop doing the high flying spots and stuff. Like the I I mean not I know that's, that's the I know that's his gimmick. Though, I mean it? like the multi man jumping on multi-people mm, stuff yeah well that is our award ceremony at least the worst it will definitely get better so, from here on out <laughs> so next time on next week's pod we're gonna do the best of we're gonna we're gonna put on the tuxedos we're gonna walk the red carpet and it's time to celebrate the best of 2020 this is gonna be a very positive one worst. yeah because that one was a very negative but one but tonight I'm going to sleep depressed <laughs> <laughs> My lasting so memory is Marco fucking stunt, mate. Well, that's your own fault. <laughs> so until then, keep it botched up, brother. Keep it botched, brother. <laughs>